In this episode, we are talking with Kajal Patel Bilo, Vice President of Bioliteracy for Amplify Education, about their bioliteracy product, Caminos. A link to learn more about this product can be found in the episode notes. Kajal, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited um, for all of our listeners to learn more about the Caminos program. Um, So before we get started, I always like to have our guests tell our listeners a little bit about themselves and what their role is in particular for you at Amplify. Yes, absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about our work and to talk about Caminos. Um, So my my role at Amplify, um, multilingualism is something that we celebrate and value at Amplify. It's an asset and a cognitive strength. Um, 15% of K-3 students are multilingual and English learners and growing and a large portion, at least 75%, uh, have a home language of Spanish. And these students and their teachers have long been underserved in terms of the resources available to them. And my role exists because we at Amplify are prioritizing uh, providing teachers and students with high quality literacy programs, supporting asset-based assessment of skills, high quality core instruction and personalized practice for students that are learning in both Spanish and English. So I spend my time listening and learning from educators and researchers and driving our biliteracy offerings forward alongside the many people and teams at Amplify that are committed to this work. A little bit about myself. I love languages. I wish I could speak all of them. I'm I'm Indian American. My parents moved to the U.S. a couple years before I was born. They speak four languages. I'm very jealous. Uh, We spoke Gujarati, which is an Indian language, Gujarati and English at home. I learned English in preschool, and then I later learned Spanish through study, working and living uh, in places like Spain, Nicaragua, and Mexico. And being multilingual has allowed me to connect and learn from others and really exciting ways. And we have a responsibility to help multilingual students cultivate uh, that superpower. So that's what we're thinking about every day uh, as we support educators. I love how you uh, refer to it as a superpower, because it really is a superpower, I think, to be able to speak multiple languages. And we should always frame that for students in that way, that that really is a superpower. The, it, it's the more knowledge you gain, and also the more languages you can gain because then you can speak to so many different people. I love that. So cool. Every little bit of it, right? Like even if you're a part of a language. Yeah. It just, I mean, understanding vocabulary, um, it, it gives, it gives you that insight when you're breaking down words to be able to understand like where the origins of, of so many, um, of the words that we have in the English language derived from other languages. So it, it truly gives them that, gives them that leg up. Um, so what, before we divide, we dive into what um, Caminos is, I would love for you to talk a little about the different models that are used um, out in the education landscape right now for English learners. Yes, absolutely. And and this is really important background to contextualize Caminos 
Um, so students learning English are served in multiple ways. There are generally three models, but this can really vary greatly depending on the student population and the staff and resources available and the instructional goals uh, of a district. The prevalent model is English only or English immersion where students are taught all subjects in English and they typically receive English language development support in a dedicated or an integrated model. And for these programs, it's really important that they use an ELD program that supports the core and makes it accessible. And so Language Studio accompanies CKLA to do that. And we receive very positive feedback from, from districts that have been using Language Studio. The next two models, which are uh, transitional bilingual and dual language, those models leverage the home language of the student. And this is based on research that literacy knowledge in the second language builds from the first language. And so continued development of students' home language supports literacy development in the language of instruction. And also that foundational skills, vocabulary and knowledge, all, all of which are really important for reading comprehension, that those skills transfer to other languages through explicit instruction. So in the transitional bilingual model, students are receiving instruction in their home language for a period of time. And then they transition out when they have acquired enough English proficiency to receive full English instruction. Some schools transition in the earlier grades, some in the later. The overall instructional goal is English, but we're leveraging that home language for a period of time um, to help that. The dual language model has instruction in both languages, uh, often throughout elementary school and, and maybe even beyond. The goal is biliteracy and bilingualism, academic excellence in Spanish and English across subjects, uh, and, and positive cross-cultural relationships. Um, and research indicates that both the dual language model and the transitional bilingual models yield more positive long-term outcomes compared to English-only instruction. Um, dual language is, is, is the most, most successful. And research also suggests that effects can tend to be more evident in the long term and than in the short term. And really, more research is needed in, in this area. But what we do know is that bilingual education certainly offers substantial benefits. Um, so why did Amplify decide to create Caminos? Um, well, and let me go back. Mm -hmm. What is Caminos? <laughs> Before we even talk about why it's created, why you guys decide to create it. So what exactly is Caminos and why is it created? Because you gave a little bit of background of all these different mm -hmm. models. Um, so I assume that Caminos is based on the best research-based model. So bilingual programs are really growing. And so a survey of districts that serve students whose home language is Spanish 40% of districts are using a mix of the models that I just described. Transitional bilingual and dual language programs are really are really growing. Um, of those that are that are using English, only 25% are, are working to shift toward more Spanish instruction. It's a really wonderful trend. Um, and it's and it's everywhere. For example, 10 years ago, there were about 200 dual language programs in the US, and now there's more than 3,600. And as I mentioned, it's everywhere. So an example, in 2022, in North Carolina, 
They had 229 Spanish dual language programs. They only had 29 um, 12 years before that. So there, there is a need and the, or the, the instruction is demanding it, right? And um, and a significant, because a significant number of students are receiving instruction in Spanish. And it's really important that we provide them the same high quality uh, research-based instruction in Spanish. Teachers want and deserve parity and cohesiveness with what they're using in English. And without a comprehensive program like Caminos that pairs with CKLA, teachers often have to combine multiple resources or create it themselves. And that's a lot of work for teachers. And we need to make things easier for teachers. So Amplify Caminos is an authentic elementary Spanish language arts program, and it provides robust instruction grounded in the science of reading. And like CKLA in English, Caminos in Spanish provides two things. Number one, explicit, systematic, foundational skills instruction for word recognition. And then number two, that is sequenced with deep knowledge building uh, to, to foster comprehension. And to build this program authentically in Spanish, we we built a team uh, with extensive expertise in Spanish literacy. Our director of Spanish curriculum, Maria Oralia Martinez, she has decades of experience in both Spanish and bilingual education. Our writers are from multiple Spanish-speaking countries. We consulted with nationally recognized experts, including Dr. Desiree Pele Downing, Dr. Wendy Sparrow, um, and Elizabeth. Jimenez Salinas, and with educators uh, that have been teaching and leading Spanish instruction for years, including the Texas Education Agency and districts from Colorado and California. And we've received, as a result, very positive feedback from districts, in particular about how students are improving their reading and writing skills um, now that they have a, a well-rounded program. So I think our listeners are going to really want to know how Caminos is the same as CKLA and then also how it's different. So let's start with skills first, because there's probably, that's probably where people might think there's the most difference, but you and I have already talked before a little bit about Caminos and it's not as different as what people might think. Yes. So with, with skills, First, there, there's many things in common. So, and and those are deliberate, right? We want to make sure that teachers and students have a have a consistent experience. So the lesson structure is consistent in both programs. Um, for example, the, the the skills program. So, by the way, the skills program in Caminos is called Lecto Escritura. So the Lecto Escritura program, or the or the lessons. Um, are structured with warm-up, foundational skills, reading, writing, and and then the informal um, and summative assessments. And there and lessons in both English and Spanish are centered on decodable readers. Uh, but those decodable readers are written authentically for for the language. Um, so the <clears throat> the skills program, the skills programs in English and Spanish otherwise are completely different from each other because of differences in how the orthographic differences in the orthographic system between English and Spanish and what that means for how decoding develops. Um, and in addition, we 
build in bilingual connections into the le- um, into the lessons to foster cross-linguistic transfer and, and metalinguistic awareness. Um, I can talk a bit about how the orthographic system is different because that's really the driver uh, behind behind that behind the, the main differences. So between English and Spanish, first we have many letters and sounds in common. In fact, the sounds overlap by ninety two percent. But the diff but the differences in how those sounds are made and make the decoding pro- make decoding progress differently in Spanish versus English um, make the program very different. Um, so to, to sort of give a little bit more detail to that, Spanish has, I think the most important thing to remember about the difference between Spanish orthographic system and English is the transparency. Spanish has a very transparent letter to sound connection, whereas English is more opaque and has twice as many sounds. Um, so for instance, in English, I'll ask you, <laughs> how many, how many sounds does the letter A make? Six, I think, right? Yes. So some example words would be apple, face, father, square, water, zebra. In Spanish, it makes one. So the letter A in Spanish makes the sound A. And all the vowels only make one sound. In English, we have A, E, I, O, U that make that say their name in the long vowel form. In Spanish, the vowels are A, E, I, O, U. And they always say their names. Uh, the consonants also make mostly consistent sounds. Only two of them vary in sound. Um, overall, English has 42 to 44 sounds compared to Spanish, which has 22 to 24. And so based on this, students are learning differently. So they're learning the vowels for, in Spanish. The students are learning the vowels first. Then they progress to the most common consonants, the m mm sound, the p, the, the p sound. And very quickly from that, they're making syllables by combining those consonants with vowels. So very quickly, we are at ma syllables, ma, me, mi, mo, mu, or pa, pe, pi, po, pu. And kids are doing that early in kindergarten. They can make words like mama and papi, the sentence, mi papa me ama, my dad loves me. Uh, That's decodable way earlier in the literacy journey uh, in Spanish than it would be in English. And so because of all of that, and the fact that that decoding progresses more rapidly, the time needed is different. Uh, the skills strand in English is 60 minutes, and in Spanish, it's 40 minutes. So what about the knowledge piece? How does that actually work? So the purpose of the, the the knowledge strand is to build language comprehension through science, social studies, and literature. And so we're covering a consistent set of topics. When we're covering plants in English, we are covering plantas in Spanish. When we're covering ancient civilizations in English, we're covering uh, antiguas civilizaciones in Spanish. The scope and sequence is, is the same. They have poetry units at the same time. And so the teachers can choose which content to, to deliver. Um, there's two main areas of difference. Uh, first is um, in, the, in the literature units, we've incorporated some incorporated some wonderful Spanish original texts, which connect with and honor Latino students' diversity and background. Some examples include a personal narrative from Sonia Sotomayor, poetry by Pablo Neruda, stories from Alma Florada, 
uh, who is a Cuban-American author of children's books and poetry. And she has a poem in, in, in our, we've included a poem from her about being by, about how being bilingual is so beautiful and how you can talk to twice as many people. Um, there's authentic nursery rhymes uh, that children and teachers will relate to. One is called Que Llueva, Que Llueva, which is about wanting it to rain. Uh, so that's one of the key differences is that incorporation of, of, of um, authentic literature. When the knowledge building content is the same, I gave the example of plants and plantas earlier, the lessons, the content is the same, but the lessons are transadapted to focus on grammar and morphology and vocabulary that are appropriate to the language. So as an example, what is considered a vocabulary word for focus may be different across languages. In English, the word edifice is a tier two vocabulary word for focus. In Spanish, the word that word is edificio, which is also the word for building. Students know that word from a very young age. So that's not necessarily a word for focus. It would be a different word. Um, and so overall, the, the topics are the same and teachers can adapt based on their instructional model and needs. I love that it that it's adaptable and that the teachers who are the content experts in their classroom are able to, you know, make those decision, decisions and it might change from year to year, depending on the group of students that they have, I would think. Um, so you have mentioned a little bit about authentic text. So can you tell us a little bit more about the authentic text that are included in the program? I'm so glad you asked because this is one of the most special aspects of our program. Um, so I mentioned some of the authentic texts already in the literature units, uh, but for Lecto Escritura, the skills instruction, uh, we have them there too. Um, all of the decodable readers, which is one, one for every unit, were written for the program by a team of authors from all over the Spanish-speaking diaspora. Um, the stories are multicultural. When when we created the readers, we followed very strict metrics of inclusion and diversity, not just in terms of balancing gender and community representation, including characters with special needs, but also in terms of the setting. So the setting of the stories are, are in different parts of the U.S., are in, also in Latin America, some specific examples. Um, there's a story about a little girl named Gabby. The story's name is, or the reader's name is called um, Gabby Descubre Algo, which means Gabby discovers something. So in her aunt and uncle and cousins come from Colombia to live with them. And then there's multiple stories associated with that, such as when her uncle makes arepas, which is a Colombian corn patty or cake, um, makes makes arepas for breakfast for the first time. And she has a reaction to the arepas because that's not what she wanted. Um, but then she likes them. Um, it gave, gave away the story. Um, there's one about, about Mexican-American uh, siblings, Nico and Lisa, and their family adventures they have with their abuela, their grandmother. They participate in baile folklorico, which is traditional dance. Another about a group of multicultural friends at a school that welcome a student from New Zealand. And teachers love these. One of our biliteracy specialists, I was talking with her recently, and she had been with a teacher 
who said she cried the first time she read Gabi Descubre Algo for the the first time she read it because it spoke to her own immigrant experience and what Gabi was experiencing and, and her family. Um, the books really beautifully and relatably provide those mirrors into um, mirrors and windows, uh, windows into the Latin American experience into the U.S., um, mirrors, windows, depending upon the students you're talking about, because in dual language programs, we have students, all, all, all kinds of students. We have students that um, uh, have had Latin, Latin American immigration experiences. We have students that have lived, have, their families have been here for decades. We have um, English-speaking students, monolingual English-speaking students who are learning Spanish. So it's so important in this setting when we are building biliteracy, bilingualism, to also build biculturalism. I love that because uh, I spoke to um, an author. Um, she wrote a selection of short stories um, about Latinos, and uh, we have it in our eighth grade um, sequence. And Latin America is not monolithic, so we need to make sure that that there that that diversity is shown and students that come from use Mexico and Colombia that you know an immigrant from Colombia would not know necessarily what goes on in a Mexican American household and Mexican Americans do not necessarily know anything about Colombia so um it's also educating those students as well i love that um so what kinds of supports do you all provide teachers with this product um, I would love to talk about that. I want to pick up on something you just said, because it is actually related to one of the supports that we provide teachers. We deliberately include include vocabulary words, um, or I, I want to say necessarily vocabulary words, but vocabulary within the stories that may only be specific to a certain um, country or countries. And then we make sure that we then explain that to the other students, just like you said, uh, like in one of our books in particular, there's a word used for socks, medias, but but socks can be called calcetines or calcetas, depending upon where you're from. And so, but we use the word medias because we are talking about um, a Mexican-American um, girl. She's looking for her, for her socks. Um, and it's just another one of those ways, right? Where, because it's not monolithic and we want to make sure that we're using vocabulary from everywhere and, and, and not just... Um, one or two places. Um, and so we provide those notes to teachers to help them explain. So, okay, to your to your very important question, what kinds of support are available uh, for teachers? A lot. Uh, so I will scratch the surface here and highlight the four main areas that I think um, that I think give provide the most impact. Uh, for teachers and and the instruction they're providing. So first and foremost, robust professional development. Uh, we have online resources as well as live sessions that help teachers get started and strengthen their use of the program throughout the year. Um, th so there's tons of that available. Um, the teacher guides are very thorough with detailed information up front that explain the pedagogy, the pacing guide, there's scaffolds and activities for a wide range of learners. And within these teacher guides is where we have bilingual connections. Um, so these are conexiones bilingües, bilingual connections. We specifically put these in here um, 
I mentioned this earlier as one of the different things about the skills program. We put these in here to provide an explicit focus on the similarities and differences between Spanish and English to support cross-linguistic connections and building metalinguistic awareness. To give a couple of examples, we talked earlier about the vowels. So, the, you know, we will have an explicit focus on, okay, here's a moment to talk to students about how in Spanish, the vowels are making a consistent sound, a, e, i, o, u, but in English, how that's different. And then giving some of those examples of the short vowels or other variations to show how the letter A, the letter A is doing something completely different sometimes in English. Uh, another example would be with, with cognates um, or with with letters that that make specific letters that make a different sound in two languages. So I um, one of my favorite examples is is jaguar. So uh, we have a little point in the in the lesson where where we work you know focus on that example with kids and point out how the the letter J in English makes the the just sound. In Spanish, it, the letter is jota and makes the h huh sound. So the the word jaguar is actually a perfect cognate. It's actually spelled exactly the same in Spanish, but it's pronounced jaguar. And why? And and just sort of looking and analyzing at those, looking at and looking at those differences and analyzing why um, with students really builds a lot, builds those connections and opens up opens up a lot of understanding. Um, I mentioned the the cultural notes. Um, I, or I mentioned the medias, what, what I was talking about was cultural notes that we include within the readers that provide uh, information to teachers about their traditions, foods, word variations, and so forth across the Spanish-speaking world. These cultural notes support teachers because they play such a vital role in supporting socio-cultural competence, which is an important pillar of dual language education. And they bring that representation to the variety of Spanish-speaking cultures and language. Um, and finally, uh, there's the Caminos digital experience. Uh, this is something that um, includes teacher slides. And the teacher slides are the star of the digital experience. Teachers absolutely love them. They can modify the slides to meet the needs of their students, to project key moments of the lesson, to um, the, the slides include uh, the readers and specific vocabulary words. So it really supports them in the classroom and, and saves them time. We love when we can save teachers time. <laughs> I will tell you that as a, form, as, as a former classroom teacher. So speaking of time, I'm sure one of the biggest questions that teachers are going to have about this program is going to be surrounding that time. So you you have touched on it briefly um, in your answers to some of the other questions I asked you, but specifically, because I know the teachers would kill me if I didn't ask this, how does Caminos fit into an already crowded and long ELA block? This is such an important question. And it's a common question when we're only talking about one language, just English instruction. So this question is definitely present and extra present when there are two languages. So first, if a school is implementing a dual language program, it's important that they have allocated time for that partner language. Um, schools are doing this in different ways. 
it's most successful when that time has been scheduled up front by the administration and, and allocated that way. We've worked with districts that have been very creative with their schedules to make that time because it really is one of the key success factors from the beginning. However, I want to clarify, yes, you need more time, but you don't need double the time. Not everything has to be repeated in both of the languages. As we talked about already with CKLA knowledge and Caminos Conocimiento, they are using rich content across literature, science, and social studies following the same scope and sequence. And therefore, they can be interchanged based on the the, the teacher or the, or the school's preferences. Um, there are differences. I highlighted those uh, to include original content in English and Spanish and specific grammar and morphology. But the overall subjects and pacing are the same. And the units spiral. So there's reinforcement over time. As an example, we we there's one district that we know, they deliberately chose to cover poetry in one language in grade four, and then do it in the other language in grade five, so that students were getting that exposure in both languages um, in, in grades four and five. Skills, lecto escritura, we talked about how different those are, and because they're so different, it is important to, pro to provide both sets of that instruction. The scope and sequence are unique to the language, some skills do transfer, and we want we, we want to foster that. And, and teachers can adapt instruction to move through certain skills more quickly if the students have learned them in the other language first. For instance, the mm sound is common across languages. Uh, it's in both. It's in both scopes and sequences. We put everything there because we want the content there to be strong, to provide strong standalone programs that teachers can adapt as they need. But students may progress through it more quickly when they're encountering it in the, in the second language. And so teachers can make those determinations um, as they go through the program. And we, we have resources to help teachers see what's happening in both languages at a given time to see where they're at so that they can plan effectively. That is good to know. <laughs> I'm sure for, for people that are considering this, um, how would they fit this into their already busy day, but they want to make sure that, you know, if they want to have this bilingual experience for their students. But thank you so much uh, for explaining Caminos to everyone. Um, and I hope that they can, they also, if they have more um, questions that they can just go onto the website, I'll make sure that I put a link um, so that they can do a little bit deeper dive into Caminos and if it would be a right fit for their school or district. So thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me. Mm -hmm.